Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Raptor Queens podcast, the first ever all-woman podcast covering the Toronto Raptors. My name is Sarah Khalil, and I'm here with my other Queen of the North, Allison Hope. Hi, Allison. Hi, Sarah. Hi, everybody. We are joining you tonight after a very auspicious game. In fact, two very auspicious games. So can't wait to get into this. Yes. And what Allison really means is Happy New Year to everyone. And oh, my God, it really is a new year after a stunning trade on New Year's Eve that sent our beloved, beloved OG Anunobi to the New York Knicks, along with Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn. And in exchange for Canadian RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot, a lot to say about this trade. And we're going to pay some homage to Prince OG and generally talk Raptors and the NBA. But first, allow me to introduce our special guest, Jamar Hines. Jamar is a writer with Raptors Republic, a story editor with TSN, and a passionate statistician at one point responsible for verifying the statistics for the entire Ontario Football Conference. He has also recently learned how to skate. This is his second time joining us. And welcome back, Jamar. We're so happy to have you here. I almost forgot about the stats job. Wow. I'm taking it back. Wow. I was like, what? Was like, yep. Yep. That was a thing. That was a thing. I do like stats. So that was that was fun. But I'm doing good. How are you? Really good. You know, you can always count on Allison to be like, what is she? Allison, just before this conversation, told oh, me that no. she has a burner LinkedIn account and she can <laughs> just like stalks people and stalks our guests to find out random information about them. So you can thank her for that random fact. Yeah, but we talked about the LinkedIn picture because that picture, uh, I just don't care to update my profile pictures. So my LinkedIn picture is from 2012. So very, very different. I'm just like, I'm just going to leave it with that don't look like that anymore it's like they're like professional catfishing (laughs) (laughs) well jamar thanks for joining us i'm a big fan of your writing and i really enjoy the way you analyze the game so this is going to be fun thank you i appreciate it and i will have a recap of this i'm I'm sorry you normally do that thing at the end of the podcast but i will have a recap of this grizzlies game coming up yes excellent and we'll tell all our listeners where they should find that um okay so what I want to talk about, first of all, is before we get into game analysis and before we talk about the last two games, um, I want to first hear from each of you. What was your first and then second thought after you heard about this trade? Like just first impressions before seeing anybody play, before seeing these games. What did you think? Uh, Jamar, please, please go first. Well, I was on the subway when this trade happened and I was in, in my little chat group. Um, I saw somebody post it. And then one of my other friends is like, is that fake? And he's like, no, I don't post, I don't post fake stuff. So I had to wait to get connection again to check Woj's tweet to see if it was real or not. And then once I did, uh, I thought it was a good trade from the jump. Uh, We obviously knew that OG was an upcoming free agent and, you know, weren't entirely sure how they were going to keep him or how they're going to keep Pascal, which is still like a big rumored thing. Uh, with all the tr- with all the trade uh, ideas circling him and stuff, but obviously OG's been one of the longest tenured Raptors here for like six and a half seasons, so that was like the same amount as Vince Carter, believe it or not. Uh, so only I want to say Pascal now and Kyle and Demar are probably the only guys who are Raptor longer than OG. I might be missing someone, maybe Calderon. I'm not entirely sure, but obviously, yeah, it's a you know it sucks to see OG go. Uh, obviously, and but I already knew a lot about quickly. They and he his aspirations to be a starting point guard, and it's already starting to pay off. Obviously, getting R.J. Barrett, you know, Mississauga's own hometown, uh, hometown coming for him. That's got to be cool playing for the team you uh, grew up watching. But you basically got two starters for one, and it kind of put people in their roles a little bit. The team seems to be, it makes more sense since the trade. So, and OG had a hell of a, hell of a debut for the Knicks. I don't know how he did uh, tonight, but he had a hell of a debut for the Knicks. So I feel like this might be one of these trades that work out for both sides, but yeah, my, my reaction from the jump was all positive. It wasn't a shock to me because I was, we were kind of waiting for him to do something and it was funny. One of one of my Twitter followers, um, Hey Halima, she tweeted out 
a week ago before the trade. She's because this was the same day that the Pistons they they played the Pistons. As a joke, she tweeted, "Make a trade the same day you play the Pistons, so you have a built-in excuse." That's oh, exactly I saw what that. happened. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. And then they ended up losing to the Pistons. So it's funny how that works sometimes. So she looked like an absolute genius in regards to that. Yeah, beside we now we know whose whose Twitter account Masai actually follows. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> too. <laughs> Allison, what was your initial impression when you first heard about this? Well, it, we're talking like all momentous events in our lives. Where were we when we got the news? I was standing uh, at the butcher shop and one of my, my friend Ahmed from work messaged me who, I, I love this kid a lot, despite the fact that he's a Boston fan. And he messaged me, what do you think of the trade? And I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? So I quickly uh, checked uh, Woj and there we go. And I've got to say, like Jamar, I did sort of expect something. I, I wasn't sure when, but unlike Jamar, I was kind of shocked and surprised. Um, OG is was part of our foundation. And I, I honestly saw him as part of our foundation going forward. I guess the only caveat to that would be when he uh, signed with the um, CAA, with a creative artist agency from New York. Yep. And I think that kind of um, led people to think like, it, it, it seemed odd to me, but I mean, I'm not connected. I wasn't aware of the significance. And there's certainly some very interesting scuttlebutt going around about that. But um, I, I honestly thought OG would be part of the picture going forward. Like he it just brings so much. So, and when I found the trade was with New York, I mean, we we're pretty familiar with RJ Barrett having watched him at FIBA, but I think I was the player in the back of my mind. I watched Quentin Grimes lay down, I think, a 50-point game, was it, against the Celtics in overtime? It, it, he just went off completely. So, I mean, I always had my eye on him. And I, I don't think I appreciated Emmanuel Kulki's game because, I mean, I watch Raptors games and maybe I watch three or four other games through the week. So I, I hadn't seen him play that much. And it kind of reminds me, what was Shaq's comment? Um, I'm sorry, I wasn't familiar with your game. Not, not that I'm, you know, but I just, I wasn't that familiar with him, but um, I'm sure we'll get into it more. Holy smokes. That's that's good. So um, Allison's, I, I found out about it through Allison because she just messaged me at family friendly pod, holy S-bomb. <laughs> And a whole bunch of I don't even know what emoji you sent me. It's like a red punching bag with a star on it, like a billion times. I don't even know what it was supposed to be. Anyway, so you sent me that emoji. Of course, I go look to find out what's going on. Um, so my first thought was uh, I was going to be a little blunt about it. Was oh my god, finally a reason to watch games. I was just so excited that there was like going to be something different because we knew and have known for a year now kind of what we what we could expect and what the ceiling was for the team that we had. So I was just so excited that something happened. My second thought was people on the internet really don't know what they're talking about because this trade is way better than the, you know, pretend trades or the fake trades that have been floated around. I actually think this is like an, a really good return and like way better than I expected we'd be able to get. Um, and then when I saw that Precious and... Malachi were also shipped off. I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm so excited that we've like managed to also kind of get rid of some, in my opinion, weight that hasn't been particularly helpful for us. Um, sorry, I haven't been a huge Malachi fan, fan for a couple of years. And then I'm a lot lower on Precious than Allison is, which I'm sure she'll have things to say about in a second. But anyway, I was just excited that there was something to see. And then seeing that we were going to have actually two guards. So Jamara, I'm with you. Like this team just generally started to make sense again. Like, And actually, my very, very first thought was, no, OG. I was really sad to lose OG. So like straight up uh, heartbreak. And then on the like intellectual side of things, I was like, this is, this is good. Thank God. Actually, there's one thing that came to mind, um, like my second or third thought that it, it took after I got past the players and everything, it was like the team, if anything surprised me, it was the team that they traded with. I, I was like, isn't there a whole lawsuit going on right now? 
So yeah. does that kill the lawsuit? Like, how does that even work? How do you have a trade with teams that you're actively in a lawsuit with? That was the only thing that caught me off guard. And there were comments online about how I guess there won't be a trade with New York given the lawsuit. And then lo and behold, this happens. But yeah. okay, guys, so since we're kind of freestyling this, I have a question that this might be a dumb question, but given that quickly his his rep is that he's like a pure scorer, are the Raptors going to try to convert him into a point guard? Like, is this the plan? Because I read an article by Joel Wolfon, and that seemed to be the suggestion that quickly would be the lead guard going forward. Well, that seems to be the plan already because he started the – I didn't think he was going to start right off the jump. I thought they were going to ease him in a little bit, but he's starting right away at point guard. That being said, I don't think he's the best passer on the team. I think Scotty Barnes is, uh, and they could obviously run a lot of offense through Scotty as a point forward. I even think Pascal might be a better passer than quickly, but I think he could develop as, you know, a point guard right now. He's more of a scoring point guard than a facilitating point guard, but that's okay because he brings elements that the Raptors just didn't have. They didn't have that type of um, guy who could just go off screens like, and, and pull up for threes. Like he did in this Memphis game where he had five threes in this game. They didn't have like shooters, a different type of point guard. They didn't have that. He could also beat guys off the dribble. Um, and yeah, he, I feel like his passing will be a work in progress, but he's only 24 years old. And when you're on a team with two other really good passers like Pascal and Scotty, I don't think you need to be like the Chris Paul point guards where you have to facilitate everything and find everybody. I feel like it fits in pretty good regardless. I mean, I guess it's a bit like Philly having Tyrese Maxey as point guard, right? right? Same right. same idea. And I saw some numbers out there I and I can't remember where I saw them. Like, their numbers compare very favorably and and quickly is comped to to Maxi. So that's like super, like super impressive. That's a dream. That is a dream. <laughs> okay. Like if uh if we see quickly um contribute in a similar fashion to Tyrese Maxi, like lucky. There were stats um, last year, I believe. I don't remember how many games he started as a starter. It was a pretty good sample size, like about probably 20-something games. But he averaged 22 points and five assists as a starter. So he's had the role before. And, yeah, there have been a a, a lot of uh, Maxi comparisons in terms of just, like, um, just a slightly lower tier than Maxi. But, yeah, if that's what the Raptors are getting. And, yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. That would work. Yeah. I'm going to say that, oh, sorry, Sarah, that yeah. we haven't had a player that could get his own like this since De DeMar DeRozan. And he's got elements to his game that DeMar didn't have, like that floater that we saw tonight. And um, he can like dive to the rim and he's got the three ball, whereas DeMar early in his career when he was with us mostly lived in the mid range. So there's like added dimensions here. Like I, I've got to say, I wasn't able to watch all of the game Monday, but Wow. Like, and defensively, he had a couple of closeouts, just completely under control. Didn't, like, didn't bite on the fake. Like, very, very impressive. He's very fleet of foot. Yeah, he's, and that, that's the thing that I didn't pay attention to as much um, quickly defensively, but just talking to people since the trade, I've kind of started to clue in a little bit more on that. And it's funny, someone um, brought it up earlier uh, on Twitter. It was like a point guard. When was the last time the Raptors had a point guard that can dunk? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Kyle Lowry dunked in the 2015 All-Star game. He had a put-back dunk. They never actually dunked for the Raptors. He he dunked for the Eastern Conference, but it counts. Yeah, like we've he had, had the Raptors smaller... On the back. Yeah, we've had smaller guards, like the whole, like the last well, seven or eight years, right? Since Masai came, so. I think it's just so exciting to have that speed from him. And I I, I just, I, I've, I've been frustrated um, and in awe when we've played teams like Atlanta or Philadelphia and just the blow-bys by Trey Young or Tyrese Maxey and just how exciting it is when you watch a really fast guard. I hated when it was playing when the guards are playing against us. It's the worst, but it's exciting to watch. And 
it was nice. It's nice to just have a speedy guard on our team. I don't know what to say. It's fun. Yeah, Ja Morant blew by a few times tonight, but we got the W. Because he's an incredible athlete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was watching him. I'm like, that's what humans who can fly look like. That's a thought that I had today. <laughs> it's just incredible. But yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's get into a little bit of uh, game analysis then. So we've got two two games with our new team. Uh, we've won both of those games. So is this our first two-game winning streak in a while? I believe it is. Uh, yeah, it's the first time the Raptors have won two games in a row since November 24th. Okay, right? So, like, Darko, you're all going to have to take this team out for lunch soon is what I'm thinking is going to happen. So the, any listeners who might not get that um, earlier, it was it was, a, it was a rough time, but Darko was trying to bribe the players with, like, a lunch if they won three in a row. It was sad. Um, anyway, I actually kind of hope that deal's off the table. I hope they win for reasons that have things like more than just lunch. But anyway, we won two in a row, which is kind of exciting. Starting lineup so far for the last two games have been uh, Pascal, Scotty, uh, Jakob Pertl, Manuel, and RJ. So our two new players came in. Um, it's definitely weird not seeing OG on the floor. Um, in tonight's game, Emmanuel quickly was the leading scorer with 26 points. Pascal Siakam with 24 um heavy starter minutes and then the then then the three players off the bench the first three players off the bench for the last three games was dennis Schroeder, uh gary trent and chris boucher um averaging about 22 points off the bench with those three players and in our last game um pascal siakam was the leading scorer so uh generally uh what are you guys noticing in terms of the the game with now this whole brand new team basically um, go ahead, Jamar. So I mentioned it a little bit, but it makes the roles just make more sense. Uh, fans have hated Dennis Schroeder starting because Dennis tends to, you know, dominate the ball a little bit and then you're like give it to Scotty, give it to Pascal. Those are your two best players. Why is uh, Schroeder still having the ball? Even to be honest, even at the end of this game where uh, Schroeder waved off Pascal a couple of times and that kind of pissed off a couple of fans. So it, him coming off the bench is a more perfect role. You know, he can kind of lead that second unit with Gary and what other combinations they want. Um, and then having a legit three-point shooter in the starting lineup to help with the spacing is obviously huge. RJ brings something that has been pretty underrated over the last few years. We haven't had much of a slasher. And he's really good at just getting into the paint and drawing fouls. Now, sometimes the thing with RJ is he's going to have to find that balance when to drive and when not to drive because he kind of did the OG thing a couple of times where he just barreled himself into traffic and it ended up being the turnover or offensive foul or something like that. So RJ is going to have to find that balance, but it brings an element that the Raptors haven't really had because besides Pascal driving sometimes and, you know, Scotty might have a post up or two or something like that. They didn't have a guy that would consistently just power drive into the paint. And that's, you know, it brings a new element and they can, you know, you can even do some driving kicks and stuff like that to create more offense. So they, I like how they both bring different elements. Um, I also think that the trade has kind of helped Jakob Proto because if some games he didn't even know how long he would play there's some games where he was in the teens and minutes but the raptors are kind of um thin in the front court now with precious being gone you know you have chris boucher and then even today they even played jonte porter for the first time uh coming from the g league uh he defended pretty well he's also a shooter um he didn't make he he took two two three bleh, i can't talk he took two three-point shots. He missed them both, but he I thought he did a lot of good things. But yeah, in all in all, it just it feels like the team makes more sense. Everybody has more of a defined role as opposed to like three guys doing the same thing and you're like trying to figure out on a game-to-game -game basis how to get everybody involved. Remember earlier in the season, it would be like, how come Pascal only took eight shots? Like this is a guy who averaged like an all NBA guy who averaged 24 points a game last year. And it's, it feels like there's been less and less of that as, as the season's gone along, you know, the whole new offense that Darko's instilled. 
Uh, it seems to be more fluent. The, the offensive rating numbers keep going up, and they are going to go up even more now. Now that you have a, a lineup and rotations that make sense, uh, defensively, I gotta I gotta give RJ a shout out too because he he was incredible defensively in this game against Memphis. He was all over the place. Uh, I felt like I feel like you know with OG gone, that's the first thing people are gonna bring up that you know who's gonna who's gonna be a the, the, the defensive stopper that OG is and RJ isn't that. Let's you know not get ahead of ourselves. RJ isn't that, but. If he is going to compete on defense like he did against the Grizzlies tonight, I don't think you're losing too, too much. I think you can get away with that, especially with the offense being better. I think one of the things I'll just add on to that, one of the things I noticed tonight that I hadn't seen a lot of this season was um, the the hustle wins. Um, and that was both from RJ and quickly where they were um, just hustling either offensively or defensively and like leading to the foul on the Grizzlies. Um just because they were out hustling the team. And I'm just like, I haven't seen that in so long. This is nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. And to your point about uh, Pirtle's minutes, he had 33 minutes tonight and 37 um, in the last game. So, yeah, those are that's that's obviously significantly different. That Those are starter minutes, not sit on the bench minutes. Yeah. Allison, what have you noticed? So I'm hoping, I again, I watched limited amounts of the Monday game um, than tonight's game. I'm hoping that this frees up Gary Trent a little bit. Um, like to see some more shooting from him. I mean, if we have two viable threats from the outside, that's also going to open things up for Scotty. So it's just unlocks a dimension of the game that we probably haven't had. And about RJ, his rebounding, we we haven't been a good rebounding team this year. Um, so hopefully he can bring something in that vein to the team. I, I'm going to say that, well, this is probably the wrong time to say this, but um, we don't have a formal script. So I am, um, I, I'm going to miss precious. I think he's, he's going to be very good. He's going to be a premier perimeter defender on ball defender. He can guard multiple. I think our bench is thin. Um, so, yeah, that's I, I think we're going to miss him. Uh, bringing up Gary is interesting because I feel like his minutes are actually going to go down. They've already he was starting a shooting guard. He was getting in the high 20s, low 30s, hell, even high 30s minutes per game uh, over like the last half month before this trade. And now he's played 26 and then 21 minutes. And him and RJ are basically playing the same position. We also have Scotty. You also can go small with having both quickly and Dennis in the game, which they did tonight to end the game. They actually took out RJ for Dennis. So with more guards now and the fact that Gary's an upcoming free agent, who knows? Maybe he's involved in a future trade. That wouldn't shock me, but I do feel like they don't have to depend on him as much. He's still a piece coming off the bench, and obviously he can, you know, he can go on a heater and drop in, you know, a few threes and whatnot. But I feel like because RJ's there, I th- and he's already taken his starting spot. I feel like Gary's role is going to diminish a little bit. So you think he's maybe like redundant, and they would look to move him given the impending free agency? Probably that that would be my guess. Although. You you uh, you have to be careful when it comes to that because um, Gary and Dennis right now are the two best players off the bench. So whatever you're getting back, because right now the bench is kind of thin. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know when Otto Porter is going to play. Uh, Jalen, I haven't liked any pretty much any Jalen McDaniel's stint all season. Boucher has been okay, but then he's pretty much the only big that consistently gets minutes. They tried Jonte Porter today. Um, Christian Coloco's had their respiratory issues all, all, all year long. So the bench is kind of thin. So if you are going to make a Gary trade, I hope that they can get somebody back that could kind of play in his role a little bit. But I, I just, yeah. I think his value has kind of cratered a little bit given the year that he's had. And I mean, that's got to be disappointing. And and hey, Jamar, given that you have um, credentials for the games, do you have any intel on Christian Coloco? Like, is he practicing with the team? Like, because that would certainly add an element. Uh, He has been practicing, but there's no timeline. And the Raptors have been pretty tight-lipped about, you know, what exactly what the the issue has been. 
And yeah, I, I don't even want to speculate in terms of, you know, what the issue was or when he would come back. Because every update has basically been the same. They don't have an update. It's been a respiratory issue. And that's basically what they're saying. But he had he has been practicing. But yeah, other than that, and you see him on you see him on the bench mm-hmm. at, at these games, but other than that, yeah, most people are pretty clueless. Yeah, that's got to be so disappointing because he certainly he was there were obvious limitations in his game year one, but he his rim protecting potential was like clear. Like he, he would doing, definitely be playing. He would definitely yeah. be playing. Is yeah. he doing like full contact practices? That Just, I don't know. Okay, I'm curious about that. Um, Jamar, what are your thoughts on Precious? Do we? lose something or gain something by having him be moved. Precious was so up and down and that was the most frustrating part. I'll never forget the end of the 2022 season where he was on fire and he was even had the confidence to just run down the court and pull up for three. And a lot of people, we thought the last two seasons, well, one and a half seasons, we thought we're going to see more of that precious, but he'd been consistently in and out of the lineup. He'd been hurt a lot. And then, he'd be extremely up and down. He'd have a great game and then he'd have, and then there'd be a game where you question if he remembers how to play basketball. So it it was, he might just be one of those guys that's consistently, consistently inconsistent. You have players like that in the NBA. Um, I'm interested to see how the Knicks will utilize him, but um, precious when he was on, he, he brought an element. Uh, He was a, he was a good defender. He was a switchable defender he could surprise you with a couple threes. He could surprise you with a couple passes even. And, you know, cut to the rim and stuff like that. But I think that's something the Raptors can replace. I don't think the, the bed, like I said, the bench is kind of thin right now. So they could use a precious right now. But that's not make, that's not moving a needle on this trade for me in terms of, I think the Raptors did a good job with this trade. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I, I do think... I think Precious is going to develop into something, but and I, I hope he does. Um, I, I think the bad luck with injuries, um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's a good trade. Okay. All right. Just wanted to hear your thoughts, both of you on that part. Um, okay. So uh, any other, any other just general thoughts on this new roster construction before we move into a little bit of a tribute to OG? General thoughts. Honestly, I'm trying to trying to think right now because no, I just oh, you know what? I do have a thought actually. It's mm-hmm. funny with with Ananobi going to the Knicks. I found it funny, and it's this is a pet. This has been a pet peeve of mine for years. I found it funny that as soon as he got traded to the Knicks, he all of a sudden got recognized as an All World defender. Everybody started talking about his defense. Remember, he's he's been snubbed on numerous all-defense selections because there was one time where I, I think Zach Lowe said that the Raptors had too many good defenders, so they didn't know which one to like make an all-NBA defender. And it's just like, and then one, and then another year you'll turn around and you'll see Boston have three all-NBA defenders or Philly. Like yeah. Matisse, Matisse Thibel would play like 20 minutes a game and be an all, all, all NBA defender. And it's just like, it made absolutely no sense. So yeah, naturally when someone leaves Canada, now all of a sudden they're recognized as a premier defender. So everybody was gushing about that with OG, even before he played his first game. And a bunch of Raptors fans were just sitting there like, hello, have you been watching any games for the last five years? So like, this is nothing new. It's like, oh, look at OG guard at one possession. And he just tells the other possessions like, Yes, he's been doing this. This is nothing new, but so it goes. That, that that's what ha- that's what happens when I guess you play in, play in Canada. It's it's, <laughs> it's very frustrating, but it, and it's very predictable too. Everybody knew that as soon as OG leaves, it's going to be like okay, yeah, everybody's going to start recognizing what he could actually do. It's frustrating though, but yeah, that's my uh, last takeaway. Everybody hates the Raptors, but everybody wants their players. <laughs> it's I as far as just general, like it was like quickly like he's got great enthusiasm for the game like i love his post three celebration like that was so fun to see there was a little bit of lightness with the team i mean they won but that was good to see like hopefully this group will come together yeah my thoughts are that we are you know it's it's still an open question we asked this question on the last podcast but it had nowhere no answer it was just depressing um what is the identity of this team and i think we're now if we ask that same question, there's still no 
answer yet. I don't think it's too early to really know what the identity is, but where do you think the identity of this team is going given the nature of this trade? Okay, this is a hard question to answer, and I don't think it's gonna it's gonna it's a question that will be answered until we know what's going on with Pascal Siakam. Because it's been a year and a half now where we don't know if the Raptors want to keep him, if they want to trade him, if they want to extend him and maybe trade him later. Like we have no clue. It's been frustrating probably for him too. Uh it's been extremely confusing. So obviously that being your top scorer and your best player over the last half decade, until we know what's going on with Siakam, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to answer. Um, we definitely with quickly, and we've definitely gone away from the whole six nine vision. I feel because uh, you have Dennis, you have quickly. Like they're not trying to do that whole thing anymore. With quickly aspiring to be the starting point guard for a while there, I thought they were going to start Scotty at point guard. They actually did a couple games, but I feel like that's over too, and they're just going to move him back to point forward. But yeah, it's it's something that they're still trying to find. I don't have an answer because I don't know what it is either. But what Pascal here or not here has a big part to do with what their identity is. And until that question's answered, I don't know. Allison, do you have any thoughts? Hmm. Well, I think I said last year that Scotty reminds me of when I watched Magic Johnson. He doesn't remind me consistently but some of his like passing artistry reminds me. And then you think with like Emmanuel Cookley with a three ball, like maybe who knows again, what our identity will be, but maybe it'll be like showtime. I don't know. I like fast break balls fun. I, I don't know. That would be, that would be great. Splash brothers have already been done. I don't know. I guess, you know, it's murky and we don't know what the future holds, but I Let's certainly, Let's call it the Northern Lights. Yeah. Northern After Lights, two games, like I feel somewhat like and it's only two games, but I mean, it was pretty depressing there in December. Well, yeah, because I mean, when you have a, when you have most of the fan base saying weeks in advance, yeah, we're going to be the team that breaks the Pistons losing historic losing streak. I mean, <laughs> vibes couldn't be any worse. And then they actually live up to the reputation. Yeah. Yep. We're, we're living up to the reputation. We're gonna we're gonna be the team that breaks it, and everybody saw it coming. I mean, that just tells you what everybody thought. So the trade kind of came at a perfect time because it felt like we were just watching the same game over and over again, and it just kept dropping lower and lower in the standings. And yeah, uh, Sarah, to your point, a lot of people were like that, where it's like I don't even care to watch this game tonight. Well, I what else can I do? There's something else. I'm sure there's something else I can do. Not waste two and a half hours watching this team. <laughs> well, so you know, people people like to not know the outcome of a game before it starts <laughs> so it was nice <laughs> it was nice to uh anyway the change is welcome i'm sure that i'm sure that all fans can agree that the changes was needed it's welcome um we are looking forward to seeing how this plays out and you know yeah well I, I think there's a there's an optimism yeah, yeah that this is that there's that there's a path forward here yeah, I think there's still more moves to come, but yeah, I I don't think that's the only move they're going to make, but yeah. we'll see. I, I agree. I'd love to know who's on their radar. I would love to see that big whiteboard that they work on. Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, we're all optimistic and now it's time to give our homage to OG Ananobi. And so I would love to hear from each of you a favorite moment i suspect we have some shared favorite moments with og but allison why don't you go first well i tried to pick because i think there are the obvious ones well, but you have, you have to say the obvious ones even if they're obvious because we got to do this tribute proper so i'll pick one obvious one and that's clearly the corner three at the buzzer against the celtics that literally stole their soul but i always enjoyed og with the who me with look on his face after being called for a foul. That was just classic OG. And when he, um, against the Lakers, I think it was it two years ago when he lifted Dennis Schroeder up and like yep. flipped, flipped him, flipped him over. Was that, I don't yep. remember if it was two or three years ago. It was, and, yep. um, and then kind of the way he dealt with the media, like he was so, um, like he stonewalled them 
and and I know Kyle Lowry was like prickly with the media kind of he was like the Greg Popovich of of players with the media but OG was a little more subtle about it a little more sly and just he was so like taciturn and he didn't really say much so I kind of enjoyed that so yeah those are sort of the fun things and the scarves okay all right what about scarves is clearly like one of the greatest all-time Raptor moments ever in one of the greatest seasons that the Raptors ever had so for me like what about scarves is is it um Jamar you yeah, I was gonna bring up the scarves if they weren't brought up because um that 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 2020 season that, that clip of Ibaka, I even watched um a couple of days ago. Someone brought up brought it up on the timeline. I don't know why, but it was there. So yeah, um that's one of the greatest clips ever. It, it was just hilarious. And it I went to Indiana that year to watch a game and I actually went to Walgreens and got like an extravagant five dollar scarf. For that game, because that was when the Raptors were on their still a franchise record 15 game winning streak. Oh, and they won that game. So, yeah, that was that. I understand they won the championship the year before, but just from a vibes perspective, that was still my favorite season. It just sucks that COVID had to ruin everything and they had to end it out in a bubble play, like defending the championship in a bubble that that's that, that I'll never get over that. But, um, other OG moments you mentioned, um, him being uh interesting with the media. I, I have a behind the scenes story. So ah. I, was working, I was working, I was working at TSN when he got drafted. I was in the newsroom and one of our anchors, they, they, you know, they want to interview him as soon as he gets drafted. So, and you know, Derek Taylor is the anchor. He's not a TSN anymore, but he's a very talkative, outspoken, you know, people type of person. And normally he can get anybody to talk. And he was asking OG questions and OG would give him like a one word answer or a two word answer. And then I was just, I was just looking at him and I could see he starts to, I've never seen him stress out. And T- Derek Taylor was just stressing out, like racking his brains. Like, okay, what can I ask him? Like in between questions, like what can I ask him for him to say more than two words? <laughs> so, like, It was an art. He had it down to an art. Yeah. And then I, re- I remember even, um, I remember even watching Open Gym, and that was when Dwayne Casey was still there, and OG introduced him to introduced himself to his teammates. And again, it was like, "Hey, yeah, hi, I'm OG Ananobi." It's like, and it's like, Casey's like, "Are you gonna say anything more? You know, any more to that?" And it's like, kind of like, "No, no, that's all I have." <laughs> just like the dry, the dry sense of. I mean, some of it is dry sense of humor. Some of that is just actually just how he is, but. Yeah, somehow Serge got OG to talk more than anybody, especially when OG was talking, telling Serge in great detail how he stole the scarves from him. I've never <laughs> heard OG talk more. So like, even his farewell message, OG is just like a three-liner, very subtle. Thank you, Toronto. Thank you, Canada. And type thing like that, which is fine. I mean, that's classic OG. Um, a moment that... and. This since you brought up um obviously the the game winning three against the Celtics in the playoffs obviously that's probably his best in game moment that I can think of, and the the flipping of Dennis Schroeder was hilarious and it was funny how they ended up being teammates for a couple months, but um one shot that will always be overlooked because it was such an ugly series was the series that they got swept by the Cavs in 2018 that was his rookie year and remember that game three where you know. DeRozan was on the bench and OG hit the three to tie the game. And it was just an extremely clutch shot by, you know, a rookie. Unfortunately, LeBron had to hit a game winner right after that. But I felt like that was probably one of his biggest shots of his career. And, you know, he ended up doing it again in the playoffs a couple years later. But yeah, that, that was... The, uh, it, it felt like that was the begin, beginning of knowing that he's just going to have ice in his veins. Because even when he hit that shot against the Celtics in the bubble and he was asked about it afterwards, which is also another one of my favorite moments, where he basically is like, yeah, I thought I was going to make it. I don't shoot trying to miss. <laughs> just like, again, just the dry sense of humor and just the matter of fact of every everything. And just, it, it made OG very likable. And you know what's so unfortunate with that appendix? Like, he never got a chance right. to play. Like, that's – and he had some really freaky injuries, but, like, he has a ring. 
it's just so sad that he wasn't able to play. Like I was hoping he would even get junk minutes, but yeah, he, he was, was just never right. That entire playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then, um, so my personal favorite was probably when we saw him in Toronto, Allison. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay. So when we went to Toronto and we got our media passes, which was super cool, by the way. Yeah. Um, so we went and it was pregame and OG wasn't actually even playing that game. He was being tested for his injury to see if he could play, but we were, we were able to watch. And um, anyway, it was my first time seeing him in person. And I like fangirled super hard. And I was like, oh my God, I love him. I actually love him. I don't just, not just a fan of him. I love him. And that was really sweet. And then I tried to take a surreptitious like video of him. And then because I'm a huge loser and I was really shy, it's he's only in the frame for like one second. And then I like zoom away. Anyway, my point is he's the best. And I'm really going to miss him like a lot, a lot. And you know well, he's so lucky to have him. One thing, um, luckily, we do have we do play the Knicks one more time this season, and it, it's it's in Toronto. I believe the game's in March, so OG will have his comeback this season, and I'm sure he'll get a huge ovation and everything. Hopefully, the video tribute people are working super hard on a a really good video. And you know, another thing I will miss is his reverse dunks when he goes in. And did he yep. miss a reverse dunk this year? I, I think say, yep, he yeah. Did. He did. He did. I don't remember what what game it was, but yeah, he definitely did. Love the reverse dunk. Love the high shorts as well. Yep. Just complete, like, just opposite of everybody nowadays. He, he, like, throwing it back to the 80s with the high shorts. That was a big thing when he was just drafted. He's like, why are your shorts so high? But, yeah, a lot of of quirks about OG. That was really, really funny. Yeah, you got to love someone who's not afraid to, like, stand out or be different or just do his own thing. It's the best. Well, thank you, OG Ananobi. Uh, to any of our fans, uh, if you want to share your favorite OG Ananobi moment, just tweet it at us or like reply to the um, tweet where this podcast is linked. Whatever you want to do, just let us know. Let us know what your favorite OG moment is. And I'm sure all of us will just agree with you because it will be scarves and <laughs> that will be it. Someone's had a little scarf tribute. It'll be awesome. Um, Okay, so uh, let's do our King of the North and Joker of the Week segment. Um, for any new listeners, King of the North is where we are uh, acknowledging our favorite player of the week, basically who's done a good contribution, doesn't have to be a player, anyone in the Raptors organization. And then the Joker of the Week is when someone has either made us laugh or they've made fool of themselves with something dumb. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, Allison, why don't you kick us off with your King of the North for this week? Well, until the last 48 hours, I was trying to go really positive with this. It turns out we have other things to be positive about, but I went with a tie between uh, Pascal and Darko. Pascal for his um, performance uh, the other night against Cleveland. That was a nice win to get. Uh, shot 65% field goal percentage, 36 points in 41 minutes. And just with the uncertain the, the uncertainty that he's played with this year and the the criticism that he got like kind of from the highest levels of the organization, you know, that that was like he's been great. And I've always said he's my favorite player. And then Darko for his after timeout play calls, because they always seem to get something on those calls. So I've been super impressed with that. So I kind of did two for one there. Okay, that's not allowed. Our rules are that you have to pick one person only. But uh, I will allow it this time, but not next week. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Jamar, what about you? I'm going to give mine to Masai for this trade because, and I know Bobby Webster is the actual GM, but let's be honest, it goes through both. Uh, But the reason I'm doing that is because it's been months and months and months of Masai slander. And, you know, the front office has been a big reason as to why the Raptors have kind of fallen off over the last couple of years. And it's like, you know, why did you let this guy go? Or why did you trade this guy for that? Why did you trade a first round pick for Jacoperto and, and stuff like that? It's just been, it's been mounting and mounting. And finally, finally, we have some tangible evidence where it's like, okay, seems like besides beat the allegations, this was a good trade. You can tell it right away that, yeah, this this is a good trade, especially for a guy who was on an expiring contract 
and probably wasn't going to resign with the Raptors. I j- it just felt like it was almost like you could say, oh, is, is Masai back? Are we are we back to like 2019 days where you just make these trades and and you know like for example, Gravis Vasquez and get Norman Powell yeah. out of that when Vasquez only played like a handful more games in his career and stuff like that. Is he is he back to that type of Masai? As opposed to like the last three seasons where you know the team's just phasing out. Hopefully, but yeah, because he's had a lot of slander come his way the last few years. I'll give it to Masai for this week. Wow. That's a good one. That's so so generous. I feel like I'm, it's a little too early for me to give Masai the uh, the crown back, but um, I do agree that this trade was very good and definitely needed after all of that slander. So yes, um, Alison, I, you know what? If you want, I'll let you have uh, two because I'm going to take one of yours. <laughs> I picked Pascal Siakam yeah. for all the reasons you said, but like key reason is that he's just like the utmost professional in the face of everything that's been going on and playing outstanding basketball continues to play lights out. Three point shooting seems to have magically improved since the trade as well. So I'm just like, was this a spacing issue the whole time? Is he actually, cause he, he had regressed in his three point shooting inexplicably and maybe we're going to see a return to the average. I don't know. What do you think? You look well, up something to say, Jamar. Yeah, I do. Um, it's actually been since the beginning of December, uh, around the beginning of December. I think it's been over his last 14 games. Now he's shooting about 45% from three before that it was Ooh. only nine, 19%. So that's a massive jump. I do think part of that is having given the offense a little bit more time to get together because, um, at the beginning of the season, it was kind of like, okay, when does Pascal touch the ball? But as the, the season's gone more and more along, it felt it feels like Pascal's found his spots a little bit better and on, you know, when to shoot and not take eight shots a game like people were complaining about earlier in the season. Um, so I I just feel like a lot of that's just been part of the process. And the half court offense has been a lot better as the season's gone along. So I, I think that's just come along with it. All right. Good. Good. Uh notes thank you uh Allison, I, you have something to I, say. I honestly hope he stays a raptor and i i'm not sure if you guys caught jack's comment tonight when the game was kind of getting into crunch time and pascal had scored and jack said you know pascal's been in a lot of big games and he's not going to be intimidated by a, a wednesday night game in memphis i thought you know that was he was our guy in 19. like he was part of the big three i i hope they can you know i hope he's part of the future yeah, I hope so as well. Okay, um, let's move on to the Joker of the week. Allison, who's your Joker? Well, in the effort to to go with positivity, I went with Thad Young just because I saw a lot of pictures of him with um, the new players, and he's just so like positive. And obviously, Masai has him for a reason that he's the veteran presence on the bench, and um, he, he's not getting a lot of playing time. Uh, so just it's nice to see him with the young guys and being a role model. So that young. Okay. All right. Jamar. Okay. So this is the segment where someone does something that I can kind of laugh at a little bit. Yeah. It can be something that, you know, they made you laugh and it was just funny. Okay. okay. Funny. Or like they actually played terrible basketball and you want to call them out okay, or something I'm actually, good. <laughs> I'm actually going to, well, I want to laugh. So I'm actually going to turn to fans on this one. So I saw a picture of uh, fans that flew from Canada. Just the sign said they flew from Canada. So I have no idea what part of Canada. They were there for OG's OG's debut in New York against the T-Wolves. So I don't know what part of Canada they flew from. But anyway, they flew there and they were wearing Knicks jerseys with uh, OG, Precious, and Malachi already. Um, now inquiring minds want to know how they got a Malachi or a precious Jersey that quick, but you know, super dope. Obviously you have a lot of money, super, super dope to do that. Here's the part where I laugh. The part that made me laugh is that the, the guy that was, the, the, it was, it was a guy and his two kids. It looked like, and the guy holding the sign with, he had the Malachi Jersey on, but it was the wrong number. He had a New York 22 Jersey. Malachi Flynn was his number in New York is four. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, 
somebody messed up here. And then on the side, it also said OG Ananobi number three. Now, I just saw the back of the jersey that said Ananobi, but I couldn't see the number. But OG does not wear number three in New York because Josh Hart wears that number. OG wears number eight. So potentially there could be two bad jerseys amongst the three. The only one that would be accurate is Precious Achua. He carried his five. He still wears number five. But the 22, especially because I could see it, made me laugh because he does not wear that number. That is a fake Malachi Flynn jersey. He wears number four. I'm not even sure if 22, 22 New York's retired so many jerseys. I, I, I bet if I look it up right now, 22 is retired by the Knicks. That's but, great. I didn't know that that happened. Thanks for sharing that funny story and also the tribute. Way to go. Yep. Yep. 22 is retired by the Knicks. That's it great. is. So, <laughs> That's a lot of effort to go to, whoever did that. Uh, Dave DeBusher. I don't know if I'm saying oh, his yeah. name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he played, yeah, this is like way back in the day when the Knicks uh, were winning more than they do now. Yeah, that would be the 60s, this. right? Yeah, 60s and, uh, you know, he played with the 60s and 70s with the Knicks. That's when they won their two championships. So, yeah, he has a retired player Malachi Flynn slash Dave DeBusher jersey that's not real because Malachi Flynn wears number four so there you go somebody got a sharp eye there that's a great answer um okay mine is gonna go to Nick Nurse who when asked about the trade what do you think he <laughs> said I hope it makes both teams worse <laughs> I just thought that was funny so okay yeah also rude what's he supposed to say he doesn't want <laughs> no it's all good yeah all right um okay so we will wrap up our podcast with a couple of predictions for the upcoming games um so what do we have coming up here we have a game against the kings on friday we play the warriors on sunday and then the Lakers on Tuesday, and then the Clippers on Wednesday. So it's definitely a West Coast road trip that we're on here. Yeah. Um, all right. So Kings, Warriors, Lakers, Clippers. Next four games. What is your prediction? Wins and losses. Jamar. Well, I gotta change my predictions because. Okay, so before this. Uh, Basically, the Raptors are on a stretch right now where they played nine of ten games on the road. They played Washington, Boston, Detroit. And before that Washington game, I think I posted the full schedule for a month, a full calendar month. It was 16 games. And, I, and this was before the trade, obviously. And I was like, what are they going to go in their next 16 games? And I was like, four and 12. Because, like, especially looking at this stretch with all these West Western Conference teams and the Raptors just – falling in the standings and just the harmony was just at an all-time low, you know, I thought they're going to do really bad. And I thought that, that I thought this would be the stretch to force a trade. But now since they've already done the trade for, let's say for this four game stretch, you mentioned, I'm going to go two and two. Um, but the Sacramento Kings game is the biggest game of the season because if they win that game, it's three times, it's three games in a row, and that'd be the first time all season, and they will finally get their Darko dinner. So I'm <laughs> actually gonna. You can win against the Kings. I mean, the Kings are a good team, but they're not a good defensive team. You, you can you can score against that team. I feel like the Kings games are always fun, and I just feel like the Raptors will win that game. They'll get their Darko dinner, and then the next games are Golden State, Lakers, Clippers. Uh, let's see. Lakers Clippers is a back to back. So whoever they have the whoever is on the second night of that, I think it's the Clippers. I feel like that's going to be a loss. So and then between the Warriors and Lakers, I don't know. Will they win one? They lose one. I don't know which game. So so I'll say two and two. All right, I like it. Uh, respectable record, and maybe a lunch. <laughs> awesome. So like Jamar, when I saw um, the West Conference road trip come up pre-trade and I was thinking this is zero and eight and then when I sat down tonight after the game to like write down my picks just for posterity I said Sacramento win Golden State win Lakers loss Clippers loss so two and two as well so you have a four game winning streak yeah I do okay okay I, I think that's bold it. I think that the Sacramento that's a stretch but 
Yeah, I yeah, a little bit. It's a tough business. game, but the, I feel like the Raptors have had a lot of success in Sacramento lately. So they uh, did we win? Generally, have success against West Coast teams more than you would imagine, given their okay. Yeah, we, I oh, mean Portland you know, won. When they've had they've had some wins in Sacramento. They've had some wins in, against the Lakers in L.A. They never seem to beat the Clippers in L.A. But it's, yeah, it's true. Okay, I'm. Ugh. Sorry, Clippers. That was that was my that was my sound about the Clippers. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna go with, um, uh, you guys. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna go two and two. I was gonna be bold and go three and one. Uh, I, I do think that it's possible that they're gonna win the next two games in a row and go on a four game winning streak. Partially because for the first time in three years, teams don't know who they're playing. And so they still have to actually learn how to game plan for the Raptors. And the Raptors also don't know who they are. So there's a little bit more like chaos right now, which is great. And chaos could lead to win streaks. Hey, okay. so guys, I said tonight that I think that um, Memphis didn't really take us that seriously coming in. I think there was probably a little bit of element of that. Mm, I don't know about that because I don't think they're in a position to not take anybody seriously because they, they fell so far behind in the standings without having yeah. John Morant. It, it feels like they almost have to win almost every game to get back in the picture because they're they're pretty far behind. They're like, I believe they're still one of the six worst teams in the league right now record wise. So they they had been five they were five and two with Morant coming to this game now they're five and three. I, they still don't. This is still not the same Memphis team as compared to like the last couple seasons. They're still missing some depth. Tyus Jones went to the Wizards. Dylan Brooks went to the Rockets. So Steve Adams. Still miss- Steven Adams is out for the season. Brandon Clark hasn't been back yet, although he's I think he's supposed to be back by the All-Star break. So when you compare this Memphis team to the Memphis team like over a couple years ago, this is still not the same team. But yeah, yeah I don't think Melton. That's another good yeah. one. So, yeah, I don't think they're in a position to take anybody for granted. I just think the Raptors were just straight up better. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, well, I hope that the next uh, four games that we're all correct with our 50-50 guess, and that would be that would be good news for the Raptors and good news no, for I, the fans. I don't want to be right. I want to be wrong. I want them to go 4-0. Oh. Right. Um, <laughs> sure. Okay, me too. Yay. <laughs> I'll jump on board that train with you. <laughs> um, okay. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us, Jamar. Uh, why don't you tell us where we can find your work and your next uh, article coming up? Yeah. So uh, my Twitter handle, Jamar B-H, J-A-M-A-R-B-H. Uh, I have my Raptors Republic link there. I will have a recap to this Grizzlies, this very fun Grizzlies game uh, coming out. What is today? Wednesday? So it'd be Thursday morning. Uh, and then I'll have a preview for the Kings Friday morning, and then I'll have a recap for that game Saturday morning. So, yeah, I'm pretty busy right now. All right, everyone, check out Jamar at Jamar, B-H-J-A-M-A-R-B-H on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us. It's been great. Um, to all our listeners, make sure you like, send, and share or whatever. Leave us a rating. Give us a comment. And we are very happy to have all of you here. And you know the drill between now and the next game. Stay Raptors fans. Yahoo. Vote Pascal. Vote Scotty. All-star. Bye, everyone.